Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. For the 19th day of June, I'm your host, Paul White. It's Father's Day in the United States. Happy Father's Day to the dads. Um, I am privileged to have both of my kids at home this weekend, which is a rare treat anymore. And any of you who have grown uh, kids know what I'm talking about, that that's a special treat. Um, I I happen to have both kids home because... Uh, My daughter still lives at home. She's between her senior year in high school and her freshman year in college, so she's home. And my son, who's graduated college but was playing in the summer league in the Northwoods League, he was playing on a short contract. His contract is up, and so he's sort of in between playing ball and working this summer. And so he came home for a week, and I get to spend the weekend with both of my kids, and I'm very excited about that. And uh, I'm very thankful, and I praise the Father for what He's doing in my my son's life and my daughter's life, and the future that He has laid out for them. And all of you parents, you know what I'm talking about, and just trusting the Father as you pray for your children that they become everything that He has called and destined them to be. And that's how Natasha and I are praying for Lucas and for Lauren, and we're believing the same for all of you, for kids and for grandkids, just that the Father be with them and. Maybe this is an encouraging thing for you. Um, I, I've gotten to where I don't pray any longer. I've, I'm trying to stop praying. Show them, Lord, show them. Give them, give them doctrine. Give, let them understand the truth. And I've started asking for an experience with the Holy Spirit because I've, this, this sort of wave I've been on lately, and you that follow our ministry and listen to our sermons, you've been riding this wave with me of really re-exploring Pentecost in this season of Pentecost and with where our Tuesday groups are, studying the church of the book of Acts. And it has me thinking about the experience of Pentecost and what that experience means. And, and so I'm praying the experience of the Holy Spirit on my kids. And, I'm, and I pray that for you as well today, that, that you, the DDP audience, experience God. You know, what we're trying to do here every day is take you deeper into the scriptures. We're going to do that in a moment in the 1 Timothy 5 journey that we're on. But really, that's information. We're giving you information. And at the end of the day, we want more than information. We're we're actually looking for um, an understanding beyond information. We're looking for an experience with the person of the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I'm hoping for you. That's what I'm praying for you. That's what I'm believing for you. We're in 1 Timothy chapter 5. Let's go ahead and get this text read today so we can talk about it here for a few minutes on this Lord's Day. Verse 20 of 1 Timothy chapter 5, those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all that the rest also may fear. This is an interesting drop in if you remove it from its context, it feels like Paul just all of a sudden decides that you should start exposing people's sin in church. Yet another reason why we don't remove things from context. Because there's an immediate context and there's a broad context. Now, of course, the broad context is the body of the New Testament, the body of the writings on sin, where this same author, Paul, has said that God has reconciled the world back to himself, not counting their sins against them, which means that if God's not counting sins against people, who are we? Also, in the greater, broader context of the New Testament, 
Christ has taken the judgment unto himself. He said the Father judges no man. He says the Son judges no man. And yet we stand in front of the judgment seat of Christ to see what we do with Christ. That's the broad context of sin. In the immediate context, though, this is not just some throw-in verse. In the immediate context, we have elders who rule well, are counted double honor. Of course, I'm reaching back into 17 here. This is the immediate context. Double honor, especially those who labor in the word and labor in doctrine. Don't muzzle the ox as he treads the corn. In other words, it's okay to pay the minister. He's worthy of his wages. In fact, it's not okay not to pay him something or at least give him some sort of due. And in regards to those elders, don't just receive any old accusation against that elder unless there's two or three witnesses. In other words, like we said yesterday, we take the individual accusation serious. It needs to be investigated. It needs to be looked at because people matter. But we don't automatically take everything we hear against a ministry and then throw that ministry out. Paul says, let there be two or three witnesses in this accusation. Let's make it a little more difficult to just overrun church leadership. And then comes 20, those who are sending rebuke in the presence of all that the rest also may fear. And so we are in the context of the local church. We are not in the broad context of Christianity at large. We are not in the business of running around the world pointing out people's sins. But the sin that seems to be a practice here is against the elder. It seems to, because we're, that's our immediate context. It's something about leadership, about church leadership. And so there comes, there is a space in the church structure teaching of the Apostle Paul for a sin to be openly rebuked. And it would seem to me it would be those witnesses against the elder. So accusations against the elder need two or three witnesses. But listen, that stuff needs rebuked if it turns out to not be true. So it's okay to to defend oneself against accusation, but let's be on the side of truth. So again, I don't take Paul to mean, hey, ignore everything I ever said about sin and instead just go around rebuking sinners all the time. Because if you just pull verses, my wife and I were driving the other day down the road in a, in a town and it, there was a church group out on the side of the road on both sides of the highway with multiple handwritten signs of scriptures. It would be a verse and then it would tell you the chapter and verse. And they were invariably... There was a few like God loves you verses, but there was a lot of judgment verses and there was a lot of Old Testament verses. And as, I, as we drove, I said, you know, it's interesting that you can pull a verse to say what you need it to say if you're willing to pull it outside of its context. You can find all kinds of stuff. Like, for instance, you could put up a sign. You could hold a sign at the side of the road that said, if you're in sin, we will rebuke you in the presence of all. 1 Timothy 5.20. <laughs> Without the context, it gives you, it, what looks like it gives you the right just run around rebuking people's sin. But what we see in the context is it has to do with leadership in the church and the defense of that leadership. That's verse 20. Um, 21, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, the elect angels that you observe, these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. And I, I, I'll jump into 22 tomorrow because it's the laying hands suddenly on no man. We'll get to that. It deserves its own time. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.